just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. And uh, here we are again today to share our our thoughts and opinions and such on the world at large. Um, As always, I'm Kenyatta and with me, as always, is Jack. Hello, Kenyatta. How are you on this fine day? Um, I'll let you know. (laughs) I'm not sure how to put it into words right now. I'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, just so the audience knows, we're recording on a different day than we normally do. It's February 24th, and today is obviously the day that Russia invaded Ukraine. And for a group of people who lived through the collapse of the Soviet Union, this was not something that I think we thought we'd see again in our lifetime was this type of thing. Mm-mm. Nope. Ooh, it's it's a mind blower in the not just the the act itself, the audacity with which yeah. it is being undertaken. That's that's like the kick in the balls after the slap to the face. I just ugh. yeah. Anywho, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sort of <laughs> led to us making an executive decision. We kind of decided the whole world was a WTF moment at the moment, mm-hmm. and. So I have thoughts over this Russia-Ukraine thing, and Kenyatta had a few thoughts as well. So Kenyatta, why don't you go ahead and share your thoughts? We'll just jump right in. Well, I'm going to read a post I saw earlier today, which I think sums up this current situation in one of the most succinct ways I have read thus far. And this was um, a comment to a post that was made on Instagram. And I didn't, I didn't write it. I don't know if the person that posted it wrote it, but the person who wrote it is at Tommy, an IE LaFleur. Mm-hmm. And the post goes as follows. The Ukraine and Russia crisis, in simple terms for those that have no idea what is going on. Ukraine used to be in an abusive relationship with Russia feeding him, letting him use her car and giving him whatever he asked for until she built up the confidence to call it quits back in 1991. Since then, Ukraine has been working on herself, becoming a strong, independent woman with help from friends like France, America, Poland, etc., offering her support, loaning her money and helping her find her way. Ukraine has been enjoying being single for 30 years and looking forward to continue to grow and create new friendships. Now, Russia, being the toxic ex that it is, wants her back and doesn't want her meeting new people or creating any new relationships. A couple of weeks ago, Russia started sitting in front of Ukraine's house. And when her friends asked him what he was doing there, he said, oh, nothing, just getting a little bit of exercise in, that's all. After her friends told her that Russia was potentially getting ready to do something bad to her, he said they're lying. They just want you to be scared of me, and that's not what it is. Yesterday, Russia broke into Ukraine's house, beating her up and, quote, taking advantage of her while on live stream and double dog daring any of her friends to do something about it. And if they do want this smoke, Russia got that thing on them. That's dead on. (laughs) Yeah, obviously tongue in cheek, but I, I, I felt like it summed it up. Fairly well. It it did. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and again, all credits to the person on Instagram that posted it. That was that was marvelous to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Oh, we don't want to do anything with the Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm glad you think the rest of us are that stupid, mm-hmm. Putin. Well, there might be somebody that believed him. Perhaps say somebody who now lives in Florida, mm. who likes to say take 
boxes of classified information to his Florida home when he leaves a particular office breaking the law while doing so. Mm-hmm. He, he believed Putin. Mm-hmm. In fact, he thought it was brilliant and genius the way he did it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Herbert Hoover, that was the president before FDR, <laughs> when Hitler <laughs> invaded Poland, if Herbert Hoover would have been like, you know, the way Hitler went and took over Poland was genius. That blitzkrieg going in on the style no one had ever seen before. It was genius. I really respect the way he did that. Hmm. 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 Oh, that's right. Other presidents wouldn't do that. If you've ever doubted that Trump leaned towards authoritarianism, his love of how Putin has done this should prove to you that you are incredibly wrong. (laughs) There was not anyone or anything now or in the future, because this is definitely a historic moment. How many historic moments do we have to live through, Jack? How many? (laughs) I'm ready for precedented at times. I'm I'm sick of unprecedented. Thank you. Give me predictable. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But there's there's not going to be anything or anyone that will convince me now or in the future that Doughboy 45 did not directly contribute to the level of audacity that Putin is showing right now. You cannot tell me. You cannot. Just from what you said, and then of course, you know, everything that that went on during 45's presidency, and like you said, his relationship with dictators, basically. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you can't tell me that Putin didn't say, well, I I think this is going to work out well. Let's just, I want what I want. And then he just went ahead. Yeah. You know, remember when former President Taft congratulated the German Kaiser when he started attacking all of Europe in World War One? Oh, that's right. That also didn't happen. Exactly. And, and, and I'm not going to say because I don't remember it, because I cannot honestly say I'm that much of a history buff, much less a presidential history buff. But that didn't happen. That much I do know. <clears throat> yeah. And the same thing with Hoover. And then did you see what the freaking Republican Party said about the the whole thing? Uh, Hang on. I just had it pulled up here. The statement is quite remarkable. They completely blame Joe Biden for everything. The Democratic Party should also be held responsible. Pretty much everybody since Putin came into power holds some responsibility for today. But Elise Stefanik has put out, here's a bit of her statement. After just one year of a weak, feckless, and unfit president of the United States and commander-in-chief, the world is less safe. Rather than peace through strength, we are witnessing Joe Biden's policy of war through weakness. For the past year, our adversaries around the world have been assessing and measuring Joe Biden's leadership on the world stage, and he has abysmally failed on every metric, from kinetic and deadly attacks on our allies and partners to the catastrophic withdrawal and surrender in Afghanistan, to the cyber attacks impeding American industry and infrastructure, to today's Russian invasion of Ukraine, Joe Biden and his administration have filled America and the world. Oh, that's that's, that's just a beautiful sack of donkey duty. Listen, so... We conveniently forget that there's like a, about a, I don't know, a Grand Canyon's worth of evidence that Trump uh, got Russia involved with meddling with the 2016 election and a mountain of evidence that he tried to blackmail the Ukraine and threatening to withhold foreign aid unless they implicated Biden's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to forget all these things. OK. Apparently. Yeah, act like he was like, you know, Doughboy 45 was just like the bestest. And he just wanted what was best for United. We're going to bypass all that and put the blame squarely on the current president's shoulders. Yeah, that that makes Perfect all sense. the sense in the world. Oh, yeah. All the sense in the world. <sighs> it is incredible how this how this beast works. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just. Mm. 
One of the mm. things about American politics that sort of pisses me off the most is how fast sort of the media or talking heads positions can change. The last year of Trump, there were shortages of stuff. Do I need to bring up the great TP shortage of 2020? Please don't. But then in 2021, all of a sudden, see, there are shortages. This is all Joe Biden's fault. As if the way the economy and shit works doesn't work on a six-month to 18-month delay, if not longer, of any program or legislation put in. Because it doesn't kick in immediately. It has to have time to go into effect, right? And as soon as it changed, literally, <laughs> January 21 of 2021, all of a sudden, all these Republicans are like, gas prices are horrible. This is Joe Biden's fault. Really? He's been in office for eight hours. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's his fault. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who works in a state office that is part of the, I guess, how to, how to put it, the sign off of new wells being drilled, because it's just not a case of some guys like, oh, I think we should deal here, drill here, go to the property owner. Hey, can we drill there? You get 20% of the oil. Yeah, sure. That's not how it works. The approval process can take up to two to three years. And so, for example, when Obama first came, like this was like his first State of the Union address, and he took credit for all of the new oil wells that were being drilled. The truth of the matter is all of those were approved under Bush. But then yeah. the same thing with Trump. A year into his presidency, he couldn't say, oh, we're drilling for more oil ever, because everything at that point that it had been approved was approved under Obama. And he just took credit for pretty much everything else. But, you know, well, yeah, quibbles. And I can tell you that under Trump, the stuff that came in that we had to approve for oil drilling by the time he left office was, I don't know, half as much. That's just, you know, my office. Mm -hmm. So is it going to pick back up again under Biden? Probably not. He's more trying to get us into a green economy for power, which is fine. Um, but yeah, that's how the American system works. Take six months, 18 months, two years at a bare minimum for things to work. But literally the next day, oh, well, Biden's fucking up the economy. He hadn't had a chance. <laughs> and he's been fucking it up ever since, apparently. I know. Oh, okay, guys, come on. Ugh. And I will say, this is kind of surprising. Remember in 2012 when Romney was running against Obama and he said that they asked him what the biggest geopolitical threat was going to be? And he said Russia and the media and the Obama um, campaign just dogged him relentlessly over that. Remember the famous statement the 1980s called and they want their foreign policy back? I, I, I miss mittens. I really do. <laughs> Right. I, I remember that, but maybe it's just the way my mind works. But why, what's more memorable to me is his binder full of women. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Well, but yes. This yes. is what I was getting at. I read an article and it was uh, somebody that during that time was on the what the hell is he talking about? And the article was we all owe Mitt Romney an apology. He was the only one that saw this coming. <laughs> I will, I will, I will give Mittens some credit here in this past year and change. He has not that I forgive him thoroughly. That's never going to happen. But mm -hmm. I give him some credit for at least trying to be out. One of the handful of Republicans trying to be outspoken mm -hmm. with where the party is going. Yeah, I, I appreciate that much. But yes, uh, it's a shame that. Would he have made a good president? I don't know. I, I think his, I think it, I mean, politics is, it's really about, it's a popularity context, really. Right. And he really wasn't popular. He may have known he was talking about, obviously, but he wasn't popular. So. Right. I, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's sitting back right now saying, 
thank God I was right. I doubt that. But I, I don't think he is either. I was I, just I know, pointing out. He yeah, was, he was right. Oddly right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Somewhere there's a parallel world where Mitt Romney did beat Obama and in 2016 got reelected or lost to Hillary, but Trump did not get elected. That sounds like a good world. Yeah. Any if parallel if earth. Yeah. Any parallel earth that doesn't have to deal with 45 being our 45 is a win. For us, for this, for this particular timeline. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel bad for that other one. <laughs> Wherever <yeah>. it is. <laughs> <sighs> and also sort of tying into that. All the conservative people, commentators, all of them, they went apeshit over the way the media and Obama reacted to the Russia thing. All of them went apeshit. Mm-hmm. Every one of them now is on Putin's side. Mm-hmm. What? Really? And of course, alumnus of Kenyatta and Jack Save the World, Tucker Carlson, is all about Putin, why Why are we mad at Russia? He's just doing what's best for his country. <sighs> no, he's doing what's best for him, period. Yeah. I, 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 I think we probably kept, we've been probably saying this in, in various forms and fashions ever since we started this fantastic endeavor. But at the same time, while you and I and other like-minded friends cannot fathom the thought process behind those kinds of statements. We don't necessarily want to either. And if we could, we probably think there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. That's just the way it works. And I, uh, I wish them healing. That's all I can say. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. Cause, cause it all starts from love. I wish them healing. Right. I have nothing else for any of them anymore. (laughs) No, The main healing has to be you need to not live your the entirety of everything you do for the approval of Donald Trump. Like I'm 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 I don't unless there's some very, 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 very deeply seated roots that many of us are not aware of. I just don't see what ties them to him. I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it either. Other than Maybe they're afraid of MAGA people. I don't know. I, I just, unless it's like, unless they, unless they've seen and witnessed proof of his influence. And that's, that's the reason why they have the belief that they do. And so they have to toe the line and either completely 100% be on his side, or at least put on a very convincing display of loyalty. Mm-hmm. So they won't get it. I don't I, I can't think of it any other way unless he just has dirt on a whole poop load of people. And he's going he's going to post all of it to TikTok if they don't cooperate. <laughs> right. Well, remember all the proof he had of the crimes the Democrats committed. And once he was elected president, he was going sure. to expose them. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he didn't. So why would the Republicans be afraid he'll expose them? <laughs> right? <laughs> Somebody flushed it down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> but yeah, no. This ugh. it's like, and again, I hate I hate to try to try to think about what may be going on in his lizard brain, but I just know Doughboy 45 is just sitting wherever he's sitting with whatever snacks he has. So I have no doubt he has snacks. I'm sure he does. Yeah, he's he's probably best giggling. Snacks. He's giggling about this, about you know the Ukraine. He's giggling about the criminal case being dropped. He's just giggling for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. I and probably one of them is probably he's just grade A. He's not even a really good sociopath. He's just like a, a C minus mediocre yeah. sociopath. One thing I wish would happen especially if the person interviewing him is not from fox oan or newsmax when he says the statement of many people have said or lots of people have said if 
the interviewer would say, who, what people, other than you, what people have said that, that don't have Trump in their last name? Who, who are these people that said that? Mm. Can you name them? Mm. Any of them? Who? Because that's something that sociopaths do. Yes. They always say, well, the people have said, yeah, well, a lot of people said, who, who are those people? Who? Name them, name, name them, name five. Just, just one, just one. Just give us one, a real person. And <laughs> of course person. he won't. <laughs> or he'll, he'll do like um, that episode of Peacemaker <laughs> where he's naming all the names off of people they could have framed this instead of who they framed and he, he named off everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he was like tom jerry miley cyrus <laughs> yeah it's not going to be like um chunk and the goonies where they capture him and they tell tell me what you did and he gives his whole life story it's not going to be like that with trump <laughs> or the or the episode of game of thrones yeah. where where was it Tyrion? They had arrested it. It was like the first season, and he was saying, oh, yeah. I, "I did this with the turtle soup." And <laughs> yeah, like, when he was we on don't trial. Worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <sighs> I I I don't I don't I have to I have to read this. I have to read this though. This read is it. what got me when Peter Piper Putin made his his statement on Russian state television earlier. Mm-hmm. and said, this, this blew me away. Whoever tries to interfere with us, and even more so to create threats for our country, for our people, should know that Russia's response will be immediate and will lead you to such consequences that you have never experienced in your history. I was like, oh, oh, he threw the gauntlet down for real. Yeah. Okay. Word. Okay. Yeah. The... Only good thing about that statement is in terms of like, say, the Russian Navy, they only have one aircraft carrier that works at the mm-hmm. moment. And it's apparently in the Black Sea at the moment busy. So that's at least a good thing. Yeah. Whereas we have like, what, 10 aircraft carriers, 12, mm. something like that. So that's at least one good thing. And I'm not entirely sure what their submarine fleet would be. So that would leave, say, for us, the worst option of nukes, So, which would suck for me because in the Soviet Union days, Tinker was number three on the nuke list. It was D.C., Mm -hmm. New York City, Tinker, because they wanted to eliminate the AWACS. So that would be bad for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, just... I don't, this is like the worst case of, I don't know if you ever heard the phrase playing in someone's face. Mm -hmm. This is like the worst case of that. I think I have seen in recent history, like he's literally playing in the world's collective face right now. Yeah. Like he, they've been, you know, dropping these, these little false flag stories. Oh, well, there's a mass grave. Oh, our people over here have been getting threats. Oh, anything that can push out there to make it look like they're just defending themselves. Yeah. I'm just like the audacity. Like, I can't even think of another word. It's not good enough right now. It's just, it is bananas how yeah. he's, how he's, how he's doing this. Just. And whoo. the Republicans can say all they want that the shit wouldn't have happened under Trump. Trump is the, exact reason why this happened hello had trump not been putin's little gimp (laughs) accurate this wouldn't have happened no and once again things happen later but maybe if he would have you know been as big as bad as he claims he is maybe if he would have grabbed putin by the putin (laughs) (laughs) this wouldn't be happening. And at least um, other administrations have had the sort of the, I don't know, the wherewithal to admit mistakes. Several key people of the Bush administration has come out and said, you know what, in hindsight, when this happened, then we should have been firmer, you know, maybe put stuff in place to have stopped at them. And the Obama administration has done the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
So everybody admits to mistakes with Putin, except one of the last three people that presidents that dealt with him. I wonder which one that could be. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the one that doesn't ever get invited to the ex-president's club stuff. He's like, I don't care. I didn't want to go there anyway. That's probably what he's thinking. I mean, really, come on. Yeah. They Nixon like resigned him. in disgrace. And they still were like, good to see you. And he was part of the ex-president <laughs> club get together. <laughs> like, what do you want on your sandwich? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. oh, I can't. I, I, I can't. I just, I don't, this, I mean, it's, it's scary in like such a huge, huge way. I mean, mm-hmm. obvi- I mean, obviously for us, it's, it's, it's half, it's across the globe. So yeah, there's figurative distance to it, but it's just, and I've, I've read it numerous places here in the last few days. If Peter Piper Putin gets away with this, he'll try it again with something else, or he'll give some other leader some bright idea to just roll mm-hmm. in somewhere and be like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and want this back. No, no. Oh, he's no, 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 completely no. going to try it again because he oh, stated yeah. he wants that the greatest horrible thing that happened was the dissolvement of the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. All of those countries should have remained russia even after the soviet union collapsed so if you are moldova Mm -hmm. estonia Mm -hmm. latvia lithuania kazakhstan kazakhstan tajikistan turkmenistan uzbekistan armenia azerbaijan and of course obviously we know that he's after the uh, Ukraine, and it was under Obama that he took parts of Georgia. Yes. So, so yeah, it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And he acts like the USSR was such a glorious setup to begin with. Mm-hmm. Hello? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. And I'm not just talking about like from a military and political standpoint, because that was... That was creepy enough. I'm talking about just being your average citizen. Like, you know, they had shortages. Mm-hmm. They still had food shortages. They still had man unemployment. So stop acting like the USSR was such a great entity to begin with. But I guess, you know, with the, however the way he's thinking, that part doesn't matter. It's just about having the power and mm-hmm. being able to call the shots and say, I wanted it back. We wanted it back. We're going to go ahead and take it. And there's nothing y'all can do about it. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting for the day, and I hope it's relatively soon that that man gets to eat his words thoroughly, yeah, and chew them twice before this goes any further. Because has to chew it like a cud. Yes, yes. That I'm waiting for this, and with as 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 badly as as Biden's administration was, you know, behind in information when it came to Afghanistan last year, I'm I'm hopeful with them being. With them getting ahead of this, yeah, to a certain extent, I'm hopeful that they can bring this to an end sooner than later. I'll say that. I agree. I don't want to see people dying in something that's just stupid because Putin wants to have a dick measuring contest. Basically. Like, you know, we're talking about innocent civilians we're talking about. We're actually just talking about the, the regular citizens of that yeah. country getting stuck. In something that a lot of them may not, they may or may not understand why. And I'm, this is not to down, you know, to downplay their level of intelligence. I'm just saying, just like a lot of American citizens that aren't informed about things that happen here, mm-hmm. it may be, it's maybe the same elsewhere. And they're sitting there and they're hearing one thing from their own president, and they're hearing another thing from the other side of the border from Peter Piper Putin and his people. And it's like, what's going on? What's happening? What's you know, they're hearing all the propaganda. They're hearing the false flag reports. It's like, well, what, what do they believe? What's true? What's not? What's happening? Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah. And to go back to your uh, abuse spouse analogy from earlier, the president of the Ukraine is actually sort of over the last month been acting exactly like an abuse spouse because, you know, hurt his quote unquote mother-in-laws, her mother-in-laws and the analogy from earlier or mother mm-hmm. was like you your ex-boyfriend's horrible he's abusing you he's coming back that's why he's hanging out on your sidewalk and that person knows what's going to happen but they know mm-hmm. that if they try something while he's on the sidewalk he's going to come in and beat the shit out of her so you have to claim do the whole 
oh no, they're not, they're not doing anything. They're not going to hurt me. <laughs> That's exactly what the president of Ukraine was, has been doing Yeah, over the and, last and month. Maybe trying to assure himself, but more than anything, I think trying to reassure his citizens that mm-hmm. nothing was going to happen. And, oh boy. Yeah. And, and look at this. Here we are. Yeah. I just, yeah. like I said, it just, it's, it's just blowing my mind. Just like how, how, how that's all I can just say. Not uh-huh. why I get why just how, yeah, just ugh, bananas. Yeah. Um, I feel really bad for the people of the Ukraine. I do. Cause they were really within the last few years coming out of sort of the destruction of being under the Soviet Union. That's not an easy thing to turn around from. No. So I no. just I feel bad for all those people. Soviet Union has been screwing with Ukraine, though, for, I don't know, a thousand years, something like that. Mm. What Stalin did to uh, Ukraine, I want to say it was before World War II, is something that people should look up if you haven't. It's a, it's a pretty big historical thing. And I want to say something like 4 million Ukrainians died because of this policy. But it's a little more, and some of it's not off the top of my head. That'd be an episode all its own. It would have to be. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm thinking it would have to be. Yeah. they. Hmm. Russia screws with Ukraine like France screwed with Haiti. <laughs> There's like there's no sea to travel across either. Oh Lord, what's that that line from The Princess Bride? Never start a land war in Asia. Thank you. (laughs) That sticks in my brain. That's stuck in my brain for you. Even even though at the time I first saw that movie, I didn't quite understand why. And then I got older. I was like, oh yeah, that makes an incredible amount of sense. Yeah. When you consider the, what is it? The Siberian railroad, which goes from Moscow to, I don't know what point in Siberia, Mm -hmm. just that one railroad, I want to say is like mile wise. It's like half of the railroads in the U S in terms of track, (laughs) just Mm. that stretch. Russia is gigantic. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm. Huge. Huge. I don't know. I just, I'm just, I feel like we're just gonna, a lot of us just gonna be sitting here holding our breath for yeah. the next few days or weeks or however long. And I, I won't say however long it takes to, to finish it because I don't think it will ever be finished. I think they're just, they're gonna, I, best case scenario is that they put a, a you know, they tamp them down mm-hmm. efficiently enough to where her shut up for a while. But I don't think this is going to stop him. I don't, I don't I either. Don't, even if he's he ends up not being successful, he's he's not going to stop. It's some. I have a feeling someone like him and, and his you know flock of cronies over there. They've got plans. They've got binders of plans. Oh yeah. On how to ruffle everybody's feathers. So, yeah, I'm trying to figure something out real quick. Almost using those people in the Ukraine like human shields like if you you know come any closer and you get any closer with your nato forces this is what's going to happen like that's Mm -hmm. that's what i feel like is probably like a second or or third or fourth level objective here Mm -hmm. just to scare the crap out of anybody or intimidate anybody trying to come to their defense well you know we've got you know these millions of people sitting here you don't want to do anything to them do you like ew yeah, like, th- exactly. like this is the worst James Bond movie ever. My God, just <laughs> yeah, and they don't even have to like drop a nuke or anything, they've already taken over Chernobyl. All they gotta yeah. do is just blow that up, <laughs> giant dirty bomb. Just ugh. I'm like, guys, just a lot of want- people have thought that his next moves would be Estonia, Latvia, sort of those three Balkan, is it Balkan, yeah. I think the next territory Putin is going to go after is Kazakhstan. Why? Because that's where uh, Russia launches all of its space stuff from, Mm. is Kazakhstan. They don't do it in actual Russia because 
when they started, obviously, it was still the Soviet Union and Kazakhstan was part of the Soviet Union. And then when they split up, like Russia rents that or something. I'm not sure the exact how it works, but they still launch everything from Kazakhstan. And when they land, come back, the capsules land in Kazakhstan. So in a way that makes me wonder, space is somewhat of an important you know, place to be. And if that's where you launch everything from, that might make you a pretty big target. So that's my thought. I have nothing to base that on. I mean, you're not, I don't think you're far off, honestly. And oddly enough, it's it's another piece of pop culture that this reminds me of. It's this funny little, and granted, I'm no, I'm no way equating this show with real life events because real life events right now are far from funny. But right. it reminds me of this show on Netflix that came out I think it's first season last year sometime called Space Force. Mm-hmm. I like a, a fictional. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have. I haven't watched it. Um, um, it stars Steve Carell from The mm-hmm. Office and John Malkovich. And John Malkovich and anything already gives you an idea of mm-hmm. what we're dealing with. But it's like a fictionalized version of what, what goes on with the Space Force at its at its secret hidden headquarters somewhere in Colorado and uh yeah Steve Corral plays the four-star general that's put in charge of Space Force and it's like a black comedy but it's so it's so I'm not going to say it's reminiscent of the military but it gives certain vibes that aren't unfamiliar Mm -hmm. like I have sort of insider perspective on space mm-hmm. force had my son then not gotten out of the air force he actually would have re-enlisted into the space force because he is was in space yes part of the air force and, and a- he had a unique perspective on that because he was in it and his point was at the moment we don't need a space force mm. he was like 2035 2040 we're gonna need a space force France already has one. Russia has one. India has one. I think China has one. And his point sort of was, when you need it, say, in 2035, do you want to have to create it and then build a whole new service in less than a year because you really need it now? Yeah. Or do you want it to have been around for 15 years, have doctrines, policy, an actual force so that when you need it in 15 years, it's there, it has its job, it knows what's to do, you know, what to do. And also funding space, believe it or not, gets the least amount of funding funding in the Air Force. They like things like stealth bombers and stealth fighters. <laughs> and so space doesn't get the funding that it should get. And by making it its own branch of the military, it'll be funded better. And it's funny that you say that because there's an episode that focuses on just that mm-hmm. to where in like the very first episode where Steve Carell's character is made, you know, head of the Space Force, mm-hmm. the head of the Air Force has the, you know, he has a bitch fit. What do you mean? You're taking it from me? Space is part of the air. I mean, that's basically his argument. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like a little kid arguing this. And. You know, they have all the, you know, the the top people over the all branches of the military in the meeting and they're clowning the head of the Coast Guard so hard. Like they run him out of the room in one episode, they clown him so hard. <laughs> but there's another episode where they, you know, there's always congressional hearings for something or other going on. Mm-hmm. And they have three of the characters are uh, senators that are on the budget committee that they go in front of and if you watch it you'll know exactly who these characters are based on it's hilarious mm-hmm. but um they're going and, and steve carell's character is like we need more money well how come you need another 150 million dollars for this is that and the third he makes an interesting speech about why things cost the, the what they do you know mm-hmm. um and it, it, like I said, it makes its points. It's it's mostly a comedy, but it does make some salient points. And I'm in no way defending Doughboys 45's decision to create Space Force. I mm-hmm. won't do it. But 
I do see why you would want to have an established entity long mm-hmm. before you need it. I get that part. Yeah. I can I get that part. I can give credit. I don't like the man, but Trump was good for NASA. And I would probably mm-hmm. say the Space Force thing is a net positive. In the long run, I think it will be. But then again, I don't necessarily give Doughboy 45 credit for anything because for as many people as that he had surrounding him that didn't know what they were doing. He did have some people that did know what they were doing. Well, a clock's right twice a day, a dead <laughs> clock, right? Yes. yes. And those were his twice a days. Literally twice in the entire four years. That was it. Yeah, those are his two things. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> my, my son um, said that in his office, they used to joke that, everybody was hoping the uniforms like their daily uniforms that the space force would wear would be like black BDUs with glow in the dark stars. Oh my. Sadly, they didn't go that route. Damn it. And it's funny. Cause there's an episode about that very thing about the uniforms. I'm telling you, you have to watch it. It is it, ridiculously like it. funny. Sounds like it. It is. It is. But that it kind of makes sense that that's what Peter Piper Putin would mm-hmm. go after next. Yeah. Just to, like I said, he's obviously he's reckless. Obviously he's again, I'm no psychiatrist um, except for those two classes I had in college, but do I call him a sociopath? Mm, do I call him borderline personality? Mm, narcissistic? Yeah. Well, he's definitely a narcissist. I saw those calendar pictures. That was disgusting, but I don't know that just because he's disgustingly reckless right now and and has been, I mean, let's just say Mm -hmm. that. I don't know that he's not forward thinking as far as what he wants out of this. So that that's not, that's not beyond the possibility that if, if he gets away with what he's trying to do now, even if he doesn't, it makes sense that he would go after a strategic piece of land after this. Yeah. Hmm. Goodness gracious. It is. It's a, it's a crazy time that we live in. It is. It is. But to switch gears, I have to put this out here because, like I said, there's this is the big thing right now, obviously. Mm-hmm. But on, on a smaller scale, here on the state side, we've got um, the convicted killers of Amon Arbery. Yeah. Michael's. McMichael's daddy and, and son and Brian recently convicted of federal hate crimes. I saw that. Yeah. Good for them. Hmm. Yes. And the three officers that were present on the scene when Derek Shalon murdered George Floyd, also convicted mm-hmm. of violating Floyd's civil rights. Yeah. So. Once again, uh, this is going to sound shitty, but. Uh, dead clocks right twice a day mm. and while those were fantastic bits of news unfortunately on that front probably there was a lot less fantastic news nationwide yeah those things obviously i mean most humans can can take in more than one thing at a time Man. so i'm i'm sure obviously like i said this piece of news with the ukraine obviously is what's yeah, it's up front and deservedly so. But, yeah, um, no, those were definitely positives that they got convicted of that for sure. What I, what I didn't like, I'm sorry, were we just not talking about all the things we didn't like just right <laughs> just up until a minute ago? <laughs> what I did like is Kim Potter's sentence. Yeah, she got what was it? Two years. Yeah, I was like something ridiculous. That was kind of my point about justice system being correct mm-hmm. twice a day <laughs> mm-hmm. you're right you're absolutely right it's just like two steps forward one two steps back i mm, i can't i know i can't and the, the reasoning behind that was you know her obvious remorse in what she did which she mm-hmm. should have well yeah but at the same time it's like i I, we've spoken on this before. How yeah. how how do you, as a 25-year veteran of the force, mistake your handgun for your taser? How does that right. happen? Yeah. 
I will say the difference between her and uh, Derek Chauvin and maybe the guys with him, I don't know for sure, but Chauvin for sure is immediately she realized it had gone horribly wrong and she Mm -hmm. felt remorse and broke down Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. Whereas Chauvin just flat out didn't fucking care. Yeah, he had his hand in his pocket. Oh, oh, well, I'll just sit here and twiddle my balls through my pant pocket. Now that I stopped this guy, he won't be passing any fake checks again or whatever it was he got called for. I will say, at least in her case, I believe her remorse is legitimate because of how fast it hit her. Chauvin only had remorse that some asshole recorded it. And he got in trouble for it. There is that as far as, as Potter's concerned. There is that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. There but she still should have got more than two years. <laughs> Remorseful or not. <laughs> the prosecution was looking for seven. Yeah. So she still got less probably too short, but would have been yeah. better. Yeah. I mean, accident or not. And, and this is this is something I've had to tell my beloved, my beloved child, you know, as she's grown up, accident or not there's still a measure of accountability to be had. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm not thrilled with how that turned out, but like I said, on the flip side with, you know, the results down in Georgia and with the, uh, the other three cops up there in uh, Minneapolis, I'm, I'm okay. I'm leveled out. Mm-hmm. I can never be okay because lives were lost. That shouldn't have been. But yeah. For what it's worth. Hmm. Yeah, if everybody would just start with, as we always say, the position of love mm-hmm. and realize that's a human, that's a person, and then go from there and the instead of othering. Oh, that's a criminal. That's a crook. Speaking of which, you just reminded me. I read a story yesterday. I can't remember where it was, but I remember the details. It was so outlandish and sad a guy goes through the mcdonald's drive-thru gets upset because they messed up his order Mm -hmm. he pulls up past the window gets out and starts screaming at the the employees there they call the police the police show up try to get him out of the car he doesn't want to open the door they drag him out he's got two kids in the back he screams at one of the kids, the four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Next thing they know, the cops look up, the four-year-old boy is pointing a gun out the window. Holy shit. The man is telling the little boy to shoot. And one of the cops nearby the back window managed in a split second to knock the gun aside. So the bullet flew away and it lodged in the wall of the building. No one got hurt. My but this man told, God. and it turns out these were his his sons. He told this little boy to shoot, and then had the nerve to tell the cops. Of course, after they arrested him and such, tell the cops this is the first time he got a hold of the gun. What is this? Why are you leaving a gun out where your four year old can get a hold of it, and then you're telling him to shoot somebody over McDonald's? Do you, the way that would. Grew up a four-year-old for the rest of his life mm-hmm. is, you know, unspeakable. And really, I don't know. I don't know that that's one of those memories that he would keep as young as he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kids are real malleable, I think, at that age. True. So that might not be something he'll keep per se. But I think maybe the lingering feelings may bother him for a while. But he may yeah. not necessarily know why. Either way, it goes. The dad is a scumbag. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Dude, have some, uh, you know, gun safety standards in place. Why are you driving around with a gun where a four-year-old can reach it in your car? Basically. And it's like you're blaming the four-year-old talking about something. It's not the first time he's gotten a hold of it. Are you serious? So what, do you just have it laying on the coffee table at the house? Just. Yeah. For what? What What is wrong with you? What? A, what? A, oh. I know. But it just, it, 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 what you said reminded me of that when we talk about police officers and any time that they're involved in any kind of police-related shooting, the emphasis is always put on 
and it is a fact, they literally have seconds to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Life that is true. I get that. That is absolutely true. And, the, and just reminded me of that story because that officer that did that, he had a split second to react and just managed to knock the gun and deflect the bullet. Like, yeah. just like that. Bloop. That's just, that's crazy to me though. Oof. Yeah, it is. I think one thing that, and I think this is going to start happening. Police officers need to be trained in recognizing somebody who's having a, a mental illness episode as opposed to just committing a crime or you know whatever and how to de-escalate that is that mm-hmm. something that will take years to phase in yes but i think it's something that needs to be done anybody who gets the what is it law enforcement degree psychology courses need to be part of it i agree and that's actually part of when a lot of um municipalities were talking about defund the police. Yeah, that was a big part of it. That was a big part of it. Either training police officers that come into the force or incorporating mental health professionals to go out with police mm-hmm. on certain on calls. calls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that that was a big part of it and an important yes. part, honestly. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was never communicated properly. When you no. name your... Uh, thing defund the police you're automatically going to have half the country against it just on the yeah. name mm-hmm. alone and that was that was unfortunate that it that it, it that the rhetoric turned out like that yeah there, there was there was really something that could have been had from that something beneficial for everybody all the way around and it just uh, should have called it retrain the police something but defund was the complete wrong word to use and a mistake hmm if i may 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 away because i have a feeling (laughs) we're kind of we're kind of coming to the end we are for this week i would like to share um a bit of good news please do let's end that way so you have netflix right Mm -hmm. so you know netflix is going up right oh yeah yeah Okay, so this might be part of the reason why. And and if this is the case, I'm really not mad. Netflix CEO and wife donate $10 million to Tougaloo College in Jackson, Mississippi. Reed Hastings, Netflix CEO, and his wife, Patty Quinlan, a producer, uh, have just donated $10 million to Tougaloo College, an HBCU located in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh Half of that amount is going to an endowment to the school's annual scholarship funding. The other five million is going to what's called the Brown Tougaloo Partnership Scholarship Fund, which funds, and you know, I don't know if you've heard of Brown University up in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. one of the biggies. Um, Brown and Tougaloo have had a 50 something year relationship. I did not know this. I find that absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, they've had a 50 something year relationship where they're like, almost like sister schools. That's cool. And, um, 5 million of that endowment is going to fund the education for any Tougaloo students who want to transfer to Brown to seek, um, upper degrees. That's awesome. That is awesome. And it's especially good news to me because Tougaloo college is my uncle's alma mater. Oh, Mm-hmm. Well, your uncle should be proud or happy I if he's still he, with us. He's not. No, um, he passed away back in 2001, but I imagine he would be. Yeah. So, yeah. That is good news. It is good news. And I've been to Tugaloo College. I took like a little mini tour um, some years ago when we were down there visiting. And my other uncle uh, mm-hmm. took us down there to show us the place. When I say that, that college is teeny. but. It reminds me of, of many HBCU that I've seen, like here where I'm at, for instance, we have Hampton University, which mm-hmm. is also small. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Langston. Langston is also small, relatively. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the case with um, quite a few with HBCUs. But what it lacks, I guess, in landmass, it makes up for in, in sheer prestige, honestly. 
Yeah. So as long as you get a great education, that's the important part. And I've heard from many, many people who have, who are HBC alumni talk about the very unique experience they've had. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I didn't go to one because, you know, the one we had in Oklahoma, they didn't have my major, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that I feel I missed anything, but I don't, I obviously can't take away from the experience of people who have. Right. So yeah, it's, it's still a big deal. I mean, long after, you know, the purpose of HBCUs and, and long after, you know, the times they were created and why they were created, they're still, they're still a very important part of the, the American landscape. So, mm-hmm. you know, the That's fact that to, to hear about the fact that him and his wife did that, that was like awesome to me. I'm like, there has to be some good news somewhere in here in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy. There definitely needs to be some good news yeah Ugh. anyway all i can do all i can say because this is the point of what we do here we want to save the world and it's a lofty goal and while we might not do it in our lifetime we can still make sure that we make it clear what we would like to have happen and all we can mm-hmm. do is Wish them hope, wish them love, wish them healing, whatever they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wish them uh, lobotomies, whatever they need. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they need. <laughs> yeah. Um, just sort of on that note, if you are having some sort of, I don't know, mental health type issue, there are people you can reach out to. I'm not you know, going to say who, I don't know the life that you have, your friends, your situation. There is always someone you can reach out to that can help you with whatever you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, people That's- generally don't want to see a friend or a loved one have, you know, some sort of mental break. And there's someone that can help you, that will help you, whether you think it or not. And don't ever think that however sort of far you've fallen or how big the hole you have dug is, people still love you. Even if you think you're unlovable, people will still love you and they'll help you. Absolutely. And to that, to that. The last two years has not been kind to any of us. And I think we probably, you know, tapped on this a couple of times through our, through our existence. It just it feels like a little bit just gets chipped away more mm-hmm. and more every day with everything, the social issues, political issues, uh, the economy, everything feels like it gets chipped a little, uh, a, a little bit more every day. And it's, I can speak for myself sometimes hope is hard to come by on a regular basis but just like what jack said know that there's somebody that loves you they want to hear from you and sometimes if you have to sometimes it is easier to talk to someone you don't know Mm -hmm. um but just as long as you talk to somebody yeah it's it's not easy it's not easy out here in these streets nowadays it's not and to be honest if you don't feel that you have anybody it doesn't matter if your issue is alcoholism. If you go to an AA meeting, someone will listen, talk to you, and be there for you. Mm-hmm. So if you feel you don't have anybody, you can go to a meeting like that, and someone will be there for you. Yep. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we are here to inform you. We are also here as magical unicorns to spread the message of love and hope and glory. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> love and hope and glory. Love and hope and glory. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's good to be good and it's good to feel good. So yeah. Oh boy. And the cool thing is if you are able to talk to people, get out of whatever you're in, eventually someone, you know, might need you. And because of your experience, you'll be the person that can guide them to healing. And that feels great. 
and think about it like this if you, if there's no other way to look at it if you're here listening to this or whatever it is you know you end up doing if you're here that means you've made it through 100% of your worst days mm-hmm. so there's that to look forward yep. to yeah yep yep yeah well mm. i guess we should go ahead and call the episode yes. call it done <laughs> Yes. So go, go anyway, cry in, go cry in my near beer. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have any near beer. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a real beer. <laughs> no, it's not beer at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Wine. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to have a alcoholic drink later. We're not going to say what I'm going to have. That's all right. So I'll just, I'll just ask you post-show. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, everybody, um, thank you for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Um, honestly, words can't tell you how much we appreciate each and every person that listens to this podcast. And we, we thank you. So absolutely. Uh, I'm signing off. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, hit that like button, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback is valuable, and we welcome it. If you would like to contact, connect with, or just want to see what we talk about between episodes, you can find us on Facebook under our podcast name, on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W, our website, podpage.com slash kenyatta-dash-jack-save-the-dash-world, or email at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. If you would like to learn about and contribute to our chosen charities, you can do so at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a product of Hyper Focus Podcasts.